Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He would ask me repeatedly, you sure that's what you want to do? Are you sure? Are you sure? And I'm like, I don't want to leave, but if I'm not going to be used, I have to leave. Romero, how are we doing? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Hey, I want to. Hey, it's great to have you on. There's there's a lot of people talking, and uh, there's a lot of people on your social media who have, have seen what's been going on. And I think we need to get the big question out of the way first of all. Get straight into it. Um, have you encountered the owl again? <laughs> yeah, uh, very weird. I've never seen an owl ever in my life. And really, uh, you've never seen an owl. Last night was the first one. What? Yeah. How, how have you got all your life without seeing an owl? I, I've i only ever seen him on television. And this one I saw last night wasn't wearing glasses. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> telling you how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll. Yeah. <laughs> what was your, what did you think? So, so talk us through, because this is, this is why people are here. Talk us through uh, AC Romero's encounter with an owl. Um, <laughs> what happened? Well, it was late at night, uh, last night, probably like around, I don't know, 11, 12, something like that. And I'm bringing my trash cans to the curb. And you ever get that feeling when, like, you feel like somebody's watching you and you know you're alone? Like, I just happened to look up and there he was staring at me. Uh, and we had eye contact for about, I don't know, three seconds. I slowly backed up and then I ran, in, ran inside. <laughs> Amazing fact about owls, their eyes are too big in their head. So they they can't like look left and right, which is why they twist their entire head around. And it's terrifying. It's very bizarre. Very bizarre. They're quite common over here. So I'm, I'm glad that you've managed to, to, to encounter one. Do, yeah. Now, do you think we'll see him again? I, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Genuinely frightened by the I get it. They are freaky when you first see them. Yeah, it's just like, I've never seen one ever in my life. So looking up and I was like, what the hell? That's an owl. That's an owl. I need to get out of here. Uh, it didn't look happy. That's for sure. <laughs> they never do. They never do. What's um? What's AC Romero's favorite animal? Uh, man, my favorite animal. You know, there's something about like orangutans and monkeys that uh, interests me. They're very, it's a very special animal. Not only are they very smart, but um, 
their their instincts are, are pretty crazy and very similar to humans they are very yeah i think when it's when you go and see them like when you've been to the zoo and you see them and it's those little frightening moments where the, the characteristics look like somebody you know like an auntie yeah. or an uncle and it gets a little bit terrifying <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hear that. I hear that. But look, we're, we are all jokes aside. We're not here to talk about animals. We're here to talk about sending you onto a desert island, AC. And um, we're going to give you three wrestling matches to watch whilst you are there. Um, what would you like your first match to be? So first match would be uh, Taker versus Sean from WrestleMania 25. It's classic. Incredible. Um. <laughs> Second match would be um, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I think it was TakeOver Dallas. Shinsuke's debut for NXT. Um, and the third one, yeah, it's a toss-up between uh, Rock and Hogan, the first one, and um, Shawn Michaels and uh, Kurt Angle from WrestleMania 21. Oh, some good. Oh, good. We're gonna, I'm gonna nail down a final choice for you as we go through today. Um, but uh, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels is is a is a popular one. What I love is how everybody's story and the things they take away from it are always slightly different. Can you remember where you were when you first watched that match? Uh, no, because I don't think I saw it live. Um, I think I saw it. It had to been obviously afterwards, but I think I saw it on a DVD. I had bought um, the WrestleMania 25 anniversary DVD. We had three three discs with the Hall of Fame, all that stuff. Um, so I don't remember watching it. I don't know. I don't know where it was, but I definitely know I didn't watch it live. See, with yeah, the D, yeah, it's it's funny how I I can't remember the last time I bought a wrestling DVD. Right, right. Which, right. which kind of sucks, doesn't it? Because there was something quite special about going out with, you know, you know, and and spending hard-earned money on on a, like a physical thing. And you and I think you you drink it in a bit more. You covet it a bit more. Yeah, and the the presentation of it was it was really cool. Like mm. it's the way you open it up and it'd be like just done so well, and all the special features you get at the end. Like it was good. Uh, that match in particular, uh, Sean and Undertaker, is there a moment from that match that when you think about it, when we talk about it, it just pops out of your head? It's got to be, it's got to be Sean taking out of the tombstone. Taker just laying there. And that's really the first time you ever saw Taker like break character or show emotion in that sense. And it was like, oh man, this is nuts. No one's ever kicked out of that, especially at WrestleMania. This he is could the, lose the streak. It's the spot where that's the way he hits the tombstone. He crosses the arms, tongue rolls back in the head, and it's a two and a half. And now, and it's it's sort of immortalized through the power of Twitter and gifts and memes. That that Undertaker expression of just like sheer horror that under that, that yeah. Sean kicked out, even with even with the power of the tongue in there as well. Yeah. Sean Michaels still it's, kicked out. It sounds so nerdy when you look back at it, like oh my god, like but like that was that's one of the reasons why it draws emotion like it draws, draws men because of the emotion just like another i mean i only have to pick three but like lesnar and taker from SummerSlam, the recent one uh, it's been i mean recently in the last few years but taker that's the one where they set up and they're laughing at each other and they start <laughs> yeah. but even even more so like what got me from the rip was Taker making his entrance and Brock jumping him right away. He still has his jacket on. He's whipping him around. He's still in his coat. Like, 
god that's like you never you never see that ever so it's those, matches like that, and those moments yeah where you where like the the suspension where, where what the normal tropes are destroyed like yeah. the like the tongue and the eye rolls and the kick out and that one but when you um when you discovered wrestling it's always interesting to see where people fall on this were you an undertaker guy or a Shawn michaels guy taker guy all the way you, you discovered think Taker was one of your first wrestlers that you you really went for, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I was I was young though. I was probably like four or five. So you know, I'd be watching it, but I'd be watching it behind the couch. You know, Taker would come out. You know, but I was always drawn to him because it was always so different. He was the dead guy. So, what year would this have been? Uh, a four-year-old AC Romero is hiding behind the, the couch. What year would this have been? <laughs> 94, 95. So, yeah. So, sort of Phantom of the Opera Taker, would that have been yeah. in your in yep, your right, eyesight? Yep. yep, around that time. Yep, yep. So, was this the time that you discovered wrestling then, around sort of the new generation era? Yep, yep. That's exactly that's around the, right around that time. Because that's a really interesting time to fall into it, because so many were... We're, um, we're, we're moving away from WWF at this point. So it's always nice to hear when somebody discovers it at this time. Who got yeah. you into it? Well, my, my father would used to wa- would watch it. Um, and I would just always, you know, happen to be popping in the living room and he'd have it on. And then later when he was no longer in my life, um, it just stuck with me. You know, it was, it was, different it was i had never seen anything like that ever on tv like, what, is, what is this you know so it stuck with me from, from an early early age can you remember the first time that you watched it when your dad wasn't in your life was it like a little moment of <laughs> uh, did it feel quite surreal or was you know it quite comforting it's hard to <laughs> pinpoint that i can i can vaguely remember or vividly remember uh just going to like the the movie rental stores and 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 renting a renting a wrestling tape you know maybe like the old wwf in your houses or you know stuff like that um I, the first time i ever saw uh taker and mankind the king of the ring when you threw him off the cell i had rented i'd never didn't know anything about it but i had rented it on a whim because i was still young and didn't know much about anything and um that's how the first time i saw that match the hell in the cell I was like, holy shit, what is this? Can you remember the point where obviously you're, you're, you're watching it, you're enjoying it, you're getting less scared of The Undertaker, but can you remember when you started to sort of come around to the idea of, actually, I want to I wanna have a go at that. I want to do that. Well, between me and my friends, um, wrestling at school at recess and going over each other's houses and putting on these little mock matches and stuff, um, after you know all that kind of stuff and i was well, probably middle school around you know where we would wrestle outside um i think my, like my senior year or 17 18 around that that time i was like oh, maybe i maybe i want to give this a go um but i have to figure out how to do it first do you think you would have landed in something sporty because i know you did lacrosse if i'm right yeah, yeah. Um, so like, was there was there ever anything that might have led you down a path of doing more in in a pro- professional capacity for lacrosse? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. I was uh, I wasn't. I was on the team and I was a nice guy. You know what I mean? Like, but I wasn't didn't have the skills. I only did lacrosse for 
one year. Um, I did play football for three years. Um, but yeah, there's no real much. It was more of a hangout time for me because all my friends love lacrosse. So um, I end up joining it because they're, you know, come play lacrosse with us. It'll be fun. Um, but not much more than that. <laughs> is, is lacrosse fun? Be honest. Yeah. I mean, I played defense. I had that giant stick I could hit people with. Other than that, you know, you know, there's a lot of running, uh, but it was fun for what it was. I imagine there was in football as well, because like you said, three years doing football and so many, like so many reach that crossroads that, that I've spoken to here, where like it's either going to be a football thing or maybe a wrestling thing. Would anything have leaned you more towards football, maybe, AC? Um, again, like I always heard all my life, oh, you got such big shoulders, you'd be such a great football player. Um, but gotta be honest, only up to my senior year that I really start really picking up on it and like being decent. Uh, the first two years, I didn't really play much during the games because just the way it was with like, um, I was like the third guy in line for that particular position I played. Um, so by the time I became a senior, um, it did become more fun, but I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't foresee me doing any much more than that. That makes sense with with your mates as well, who, who were also into wrestling and you used to knock around and, and, and play with them. Was, were any of those inclined to, to, to pursue wrestling as much as you did, or was it just like a, a fun hobby? They just knocked about doing outside of lacrosse. Uh, yeah. So they all grew out of wrestling, but I didn't. Um, so while they were all going out with, you know, their little girlfriends or doing more mature things, I was still stuck in the wrestling phase. And so then some people, and, and that's where you find the people that, that, that make a go of it, who just like, as all their friends go out of it, they carry on doing it. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you've got the vibe you want to get into doing wrestling, and that's a case of finding somewhere. Um, your English teacher played a role in this. Yeah. Right. Your studies, yeah. Yeah, so I had a project. I do a report, um, what you want to do after high school. And um, all my friends were saying, oh, I want to be you know, a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist. And then <laughs> I had the sheet. I want to wrestle on Monday Night Raw as a professional wrestler. And I was so nervous to turn the paper in because I was in fear of like being ridiculed or, you know, humiliated. Um, Cause I think we had to read them in front of the class too. Uh, but I turned it in and I found out and I found out she was like, holy crap, I love wrestling. Me and my husband watch it all the time. And I was like, no shit. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's kind of how um, I, let everybody know I was still interested in wrestling and then there ended up being a fantasy camp um like an hour from me um at a wrestling school and um you could pay like 70 bucks and go there for the day and then you know if you wanted to sign up afterwards if, you, if this was for you you could do that and then the best student of the day would win um x amount of free training and I won the training <laughs> nice can you remember what you did that won you the training is there a particular thing that you did well or better or more outstanding than anybody else in your field that day um you know i think it's because i could i, I could i was picking up on everything really well and i i've always been a big kid so there were guys there that were 
bodybuilder type shapes as well. And um, I still somehow stuck out, stuck out like a, you know, not a sore thumb, but I, I stuck out above the crowd, above everybody else. Um, I think it's just because I, like, I, I picked up on everything. I could run the ropes really well. I could take bumps really well. Um, I could do all the lockups and, um, you know, they could just tell me one time and I would do it instead of, you know, and it's, and that's, that's the type of day where it's supposed to be fun and relaxed. So it doesn't matter if they have to tell you 50 times, they don't care. Um, but I could pick it up right away. Is that something that you've always been, been gifted with away from? Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Interesting, do you think? Mm, no, I don't think so. Uh like I said, I wasn't ever good enough to start until my senior year. That was only because somebody got injured in football. Um, so, like, other things um, don't come as easy. But wrestling, for some reason, that came pretty naturally. Do you think maybe because it was something that you you were just passionate about and that's probably why you gravitated towards it as quickly as you did? Yeah, that, that and too, I watched it a lot. So, like, mm-hmm. I could, I know, it's, it's very easy to to visualize what they're telling me to do. And cause I've seen it, I know what it looks like. You know, I know, you know, it's not, I'm like football, like you gotta remember all these plays and, and, and what you, you need to be here at a certain time and da which is similar to wrestling, but um, it was just something for some reason, wrestling, I just picked up pretty naturally. So you're going to the training and you, you, you're moving towards it. What's, what's your mom making of all of this? Do you think it's a phase? Um, yeah, I don't know what she really, like, I don't know if she thought it was a phase. She was supportive. Um, like my, like I said, my teacher brought me to my first camp because my, my, my mother had to work. Um, so it was hard because I eventually moved out of state and, um, you know, I was I'm the youngest of, of three kids. So her baby was leaving, uh, 
But, you know, it was rough at the beginning because, you know, once I moved to Florida and I started training in Florida, um, you know, it wasn't the best of times always. It was financially taxing and, you know, I was there for two years and then I had to move back home. I'd left and now I'm back home living at, at the house. And it's like, you know, you know, what are you doing? Like you're now you're, you're back to square one again. Like, you know, you do, this is, this, you're not making any money with this and you are, it feels like you're wasting your time a little bit. And it wasn't because she was like doubting me for following my dreams. It was just very hard. You know, you gotta make, you gotta make the right decisions and um, what's gonna help you for your future. And this seems like it's only hurting you at right now. I think his parents traditionally just want the best. And, and yeah. if it's something they don't understand, it's a world they don't know, then they all they see is their, especially when you're the youngest and, you know, being, being the middle child in my family, I see, I see what the young, how the youngest is treated and I get it. There's a, there's a special aura around the youngest and, uh, and to be the youngest and coming out and all your mom wants to do is really protect you. Was there, was yeah. the, there was a lot of that. It was the case yeah. Yeah. to protect yeah. you. Oh yeah. Still to this, still, still to this day. Like when I travel, you know, where are you? Have you gone, are you on there? You, you got to the airport yet? Or, you know, are you guys, how, how far is your drive? Da, 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 you know, checked into your hotel. Yes, mom. Yes. Yes. I've done it all, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely a protective instinct. I think. Uh, when you move back home then, and so your mom has said, this is, you know, this, let's rethink this. What would you, what were you sort of leaning towards doing? Were you still sort of dead set on wrestling? Was this just a reset or was there something else you were thinking to pursue now? Um, I think it was a reset. Uh, I think that's the best way to put it. Um, it was just kind of like, okay, let's, we need to start over because I took about nine months off or something like that. And then I moved to Rhode Island for wrestling again. Um, but I, in between all that, I was um, cooking at a restaurant, um, which I, which I found some successes in that too. Like I was making good money, and um, again, it's like you're making good money, and then all of a sudden, okay. By the way, I'm moving to Rhode Island, and I'm gonna find a new job. It's like what? Really? You're you're doing you're doing so well. Now you're gonna stop doing that and go do this uh, in a place you've never lived before. Like, but you know that's all part of the journey as they say it's part of the fun isn't it when you um especially when you don't like there's always a, a, a magic about not knowing anybody in a new place and trying something new there's a magic to yeah. it who brought you to rhode island um so uh randomly i had a friend from high school who um was living in rhode island in providence rhode island um He's oh I'm looking for a roommate if you ever want to come down and you know get out of get out of Maine. Uh, it was it was very attractive to me because I was back home and I'm like well if I if I do this and now I'm back out of the house so I have that stress off me for my parents you know what I mean I'm not living there anymore. Um, so I ended up moving down there and again, luckily. Uh, See everything. I, I everything. I don't want to make a long story out of this, but everything I've had with wrestling, I felt like I've been lucky because when I moved to Florida originally for training, <laughs> I just thought I could just waltz right into FCW in Tampa, 
because on there, on there, because I, I found out it was a WWE thing. So on their website, there was options for classes. So I was like, you know, I'll just go down there and I will sign up for the beginner's class and then move on to the intermediate class, get to the advanced class, and I'll be on Monday Night Raw in no time, right? Mm. Well, um, <laughs> I, get, I, move, I move all my stuff down there. I relocate. I'm there. Um, and I drive to FCW. Pull in the parking lot. I see the sign, black and yellow. I see all these uh, very luxurious vehicles um, parked on the side of the building. There's SUVs and stuff. Uh, I get out of the car. I walk towards the doors, all blacked out so you couldn't see in, but I'm sure you could see out. I just took a couple steps, looked at the door, and I was like, nope. Got back in my car and drove away. So wow. now... So now I didn't have a, I couldn't do it. I was like too scared. So now I'm like, okay, shit, what am I going to do? I've moved down here now. Now I'm not going to the school because I can't bring up the courage to go knock on the door and say, Hey, I want to sign up. So then I eventually found out um, team 3d Academy was in um, Kissimmee, which is basically Orlando. And I was living in Tampa. So I would drive, I would drive um, an hour to Kissimmee and then an hour back five days a week until I eventually moved to Kissimmee. Um, so, you know, circling back to Providence, Rhode Island, I moved down there and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be wrestling, I guess. I mean, I, I hear about wrestling, indie wrestling in, in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Um, so I ended up being in a school three minutes from where I was living. So it just kind of worked out again. It's oh, okay, cool. And that's where I met, that's where I met um, JT Dunn and Biff Busick. Uh, only working from NXT. Nice. So very lucked out with like the situations that could have gone very bad. Um, they all worked out in the end. Yeah, they did. I mean, um, just, just to dip back to it. So I want to just, just take you back there if you, if you, if you don't mind. So you pull up to the parking lot at NXT thinking, right, here we go. We're going to work through the ranks. We'll be on Monday night raw by dinner time. Here we go. Yeah. And uh, you, you walk through the door and you see, you know, the, you, you're in the reception area. Did you get as far as the reception area? I didn't even get inside. Didn't get inside. What goes through your head then? You're, you're near the door. What what were you thinking? What was what was rushing through your brain that made you go, no? <laughs> you're a moron. Why are you here? They're not going to want you. You're wearing swimming trunks. Like, not even, like just like the worst. Like, flip-flops, swimming trunks, tank top, like. Not just the, like no sense of like because I was just so ignorant to everything. No sense of like oh, if you want to do this, it's like a job application. Like you should be, you know, dressed up maybe, and and maybe you should have called ahead of time to set an appointment up. You know what I mean? Things like things of that. You know, uh, I was just young. I was like 22, 23, You know, just a bozo. Um, so yeah, I didn't even make it inside. But I love the 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 ballsiness of it of just going, I'm just going to move everything down here and we're just going to go. And I'm gutted that you didn't get through the door on that occasion, but it led to the path that you took, which meant that yeah. you got to work with uh, the Team 3D Academy yeah. and spend some time with there. So so you got through the door there. When you stepped through the door there, it's kind of what was what was some of the things that you you picked up in the... Did you did you train exclusively with... with with Bully Ray and Devon, or was there a team of other people that you worked with there? Um, so when I got there, um, basically 
my first school that I was at, the, the fantasy camp school I went to in Massachusetts, like it was very hard. Like it was, it was, this is back in 2008. So um, it was very hard for me. Uh, like the first day was awesome. And then it became miserable just because like some of the people that were there at that time and they were just very mean and it was a very hard environment to, to learn, to learn in. And like, I couldn't, I couldn't even chain wrestle. I was there for a year and I, I couldn't, didn't even have that. Like, so going into Bubba and Devon's school, um, again, I was very nervous. Um, but it was like night and day, like these guys couldn't have been nicer. I had to, had an interview with both of them. Um, you know, why do you want to do this? Da, 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 da. Um, where did you train before? I told them, told them about my experiences and, you know, Bubba was just like, you know what? If I walked into that school right now, they'd all kiss my feet. You know, no one deserves to be treated like that. And, and, and it just made me like blown away. Like these guys are millionaires on TV. I watched them when I was a kid and they're way nicer to me. Um, and they actually um, seem like they give a shit whether I'm here or not. And, and um, honestly, like I, there was one point where I was there for like a week or so and I was just, I don't know if I can do this. I was getting homesick and I talked to Bubba and I was like, um, you know, I'm just having reservations and, and stuff. And he's like, you know what? It's like, and so I don't care. I don't care about the money. You know, if you want your money back, you know, I don't care, you know, but if this, this, this must be important to you if you moved your life down here. So I want you to think about it, you know, and, you know, I ended up being there for two years. Um, and Devon, Devon was my first trainer. Um, he wasn't on TV at the time for TNA. He was off TV. Um, so he was there five days a week. Um, so I would do the beginners class. Um, cause I was straight up, I was like, I need a lot of work. Like I've been wrestling for a year, training for a year, but I don't have the fundamentals I should have. And they're like, all right, we'll just start you. We'll start you over, start you fresh. Um, so it was very refreshing just to be, it felt like they, they wanted me there. They cared, they cared about, you know, my training. Um, and I, all, I got all my fundamentals, um, from them. Cause it, it was, it was, I was wrestling five days a week. So it was, it was a great experience. Did you ever tell them about the experience with NXT? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> nope. nope. Just cause you thought they're just going to think that's silly. Yeah. And I thought it was silly cause I, I didn't even know their school existed. That's how like ignorant I was to everything. I just, I was on Google because I, I was looking at my, my friend who was there and I'm like, what am I going to do? He's like, I don't know, but that was your plan. A. you need to find a plan B pretty quick. And I just happened to find that school. And I was like, Oh, it's only like an hour away. I can, I can do this drive until I eventually moved to the area. Well, a bit easier from there. And um, one of the matches you did pick uh, was an NXT match. It was uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. Uh, again, with that one, uh, I'll ask the question I asked with the with the Shawn Michaels Undertaker one. Can you remember where you were when you first watched it? Hmm. I no, I don't really remember. I did. <laughs> sounds weird, but I can't remember where I was when I watched it. I uh, I just I do know that that's a match i will play once once every like a few months i'll go back to it and just watch it just because um again the emotion with the emotion 
from 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 Shinsuke and Sami Zayn, and then the emotion from the crowd, which made the match ten times better. Um, so I'll watch it every few months. Um, but I can't remember where I was when I watched it first. This it's something about that match. I think I think Shinsuke Nakamura coming in is it seems like a bit of a changing of the guard of NXT. It kind of really felt like this is a place this, this is, it was kind of NXT going from becoming like the training school to like a super indie. And, yeah. and, and, and Shinsuke Nakamura was the first guy to come in and go, Whoa, this is, this is a big deal. If he's here, it felt yeah. big. Like we, you, like, I know you, you know, you talked a bit about being like a, a, a naive wrestling fan around sort of 22, but when you first saw this, were you aware of, sort of the body of work of Shinsuke Nakamura? Yeah, I was a little bit, um, but to be honest, I before like I really got into wrestling, I was I didn't even know like that like indies were a thing. I was just I only I only knew about WWF and and only only until I went to Team 3D I realized <laughs> there was like other stuff other than what I see on TV. I would I would then and then then I would I I would be scrolling through the TV late at night um and i would i would see this um heavier set guy with um a, wearing a t-shirt that had the writing of look like john cena shirt but it said like you know his catchphrase i'm like what the hell and then it was seen kevin seen wearing um like a parody john cena shirt and i was like who the hell is this guy like um and then one of my friends my first ever indie match i ever saw was was kevin steen versus Colcabana, um somewhere from somewhere in new york at an indie show um there's probably like 10 people in the crowd and i was like what is this wrestling this is but it was good and there was entertaining and then from there i just opened up all the doors to indie wrestling my eyes i'm like holy shit no and no hey this is it existed and all of a sudden, you'll find that the more you, you, you with this indie wrestling malarkey, you can get out there and you can be very busy if you so chose to. Yeah. So I, you know, I wasn't um, around that time. I, I knew of Shinsuke. I've seen some of his his matches and his work, but seeing him in that light, like, this is awesome. He is awesome. Like Sami Zayn's awesome. And then, like the the moments where they were able to create that match, um, that's why it stands out to me a lot. One of my favorites. There was a, a similar there was a similar response of of just awesome when people saw you in Impact Wrestling for the first time. I know I was one of them. Just a guy that, you know, has got broad shoulders that can move. Like yeah. this is cool. Uh, and and we first saw you in 2019. You were signed for three years. Like talk talk us through like the, the initial point of signing with Impact, because that would have been like outside of major league wrestling and the work that you did there. Uh, like this was like a real sort of landmark yeah. moment for you. Yeah. So again, with wrestling, I was in Rhode Island for, for a couple of years and I moved to Massachusetts for a little while. And then I moved to Ohio. Um, because I had met, I had met, uh, Sammy Callahan, um, randomly at a show, in New Jersey. Um, he was, uh, booked in Philly, I believe the night before. And he showed up, uh, I was, it was like me, JT Dunn and a few other people. Uh, we show up to New Jersey, we're, we're in the parking lot and, um, I get out of the car and up comes Sammy Callahan. And he was like, hey, what's up, man? We're working tonight. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're not working tonight. I'm in a battle royal. He's like, no, man. I told the promoter we're going to work. Uh, and I was like, holy shit. Um, 
and so basically to make a long story short like we had a really good match and i became friends with sammy and then um he was like oh come on move out to ohio um and you can rent the room uh at my house um and live there you can train with me and I, so i was in ohio for three years but the whole goal was to be, you know he, his goal was to help me and get seen by the right people um because i had met scott Demore a few times just living out there um i'd see him at shows and um and whatnot <laughs> and um so that kind of that kind of got the door open there just to getting to know who he was he could see me um and then eventually uh two years in living there i um they offered me a deal and i was like oh shit this is crazy and it didn't seem surreal uh until the news broke and and i don't know it was really really cool it was special what was life like living with sammy callahan just as you would expect, crazy. <laughs> Any anecdotes that are safe that you can share from living with Sammy Gallagher? Uh, I would just, I would just use your imagination. You know, Sammy's a great guy, but he's also very funny and and all these things. Um, but it was really good um, living there with and um, with his uh, fiance Jessica Havoc too. Like they, they were so. Um, instrumental uh, with helping me and like had I never met them you know who knows like where you know where my career would have gone but they um, very very uh, um, what's the word they were very gracious enough to um, lend me a helping hand and steer me in the right direction. Um, your first, your, the first time we saw you with with Impact, um, one of those first moments was with Larry D, who go on to be your tag partner. Can you remember meeting Larry D for the first time? Um, yeah, I met Larry D uh, at some indie shows, like uh, around like Kentucky and that sort of area. I mean, it was a good old boy from Kentucky, you know, got the accent. Uh, yeah, we hit it off, you know. He was another big guy that's athletic. I I used to wrestle. I wrestle. I wrestled him a lot. Um, at a company called Rockstar Pro in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, so and we hit it off right away, you know, two big guys that could move and had similar mindsets to, to wrestling. And um, so it was kind of a cool pairing. Is there, I mean, looking back now, because um, your, your time with Impact has come to an end, um, but is there, you know, without getting too sort of bogged down in the detail of it, was there was there a time from that particular run that you had with Impact that you you look back on fondly that you really enjoyed? Well, uh, it's hard, but because I I my run there was less stellar than I ever than I wanted it to be because just because the way it started off. Um, right, right away, it was, I debuted at Bound for Glory in the ladder match, and I was like, "Oh shit! All right, this is this is way cool. Like, I think they're gonna use me and, and and want me to be a you know pivotal player." Uh, but alongside of that, I can't really. There's not really a bunch of matches or, or or things that I can say that oh man, that was awesome. But I will say my time on filming Russell House was very fun. I think that will probably be one of the most things I'll be remembered for at Impact was my time at Russell House. 
that that whole thing like the reality show come uh, sort of sitcom that was something that was happening at a time where wrestling was in a really weird place and yeah. how how involved were you in the process of putting that together i mean as far as my involvement uh i just got an email and said hey you've been selected to join wrestle house and Da, 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 da. we'll be filming these days and um yeah it was cool like uh it was a very long days but the man the 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 way the it was produced and the the final product was awesome like and getting to work with all those people uh it was really cool and it was a different side i was it was good to show a different side of my, my comedic or whatever, whatever you want to call it side of my, my personality. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was fun all around. Um, and it was, like you said, it was definitely, it was a weird time in wrestling. So it was cool to be a part of that because it was the only thing different on television as far as wrestling goes that no one was doing something like that. Um, you, you mentioned a minute ago, like when you, you know, you were, you were put near the top very quickly within impact part of the ladder match. And then nothing really, you know, reached that, that height again, if you pardon the pun. Um, is that, do you think that's instrumental in, in your decision to leave? Um, my dis- or- no, I, yeah. Obviously like when you sign a contract and um, you're at a, you want, you're at a national company, you obviously want to be used as much as possible. I mean, that's why you're there. Uh, but, you know, and, and all it stems from me getting COVID. I got COVID um, in May of uh, this year. And um, so the last time I'd ever been, well, I was at Impact this year, was in April. So I missed, I missed the, um, the May loop and then just never came back. Uh, I got to August and I was like, I mean, what are we doing here? Like, um, you know, I just, it just was a weird time because now um, there are a lot more talent on the show from different companies. And um, obviously, you know, they got to fill spaces. So, you know, it was just one of those things where I'm ready to go. I've been ready to go since, since the end of May, like what, what, what's happening. And, you know, they, there wasn't, wasn't any room. That was basically the, the answer I got is just, too many people on the roster and there's just not enough TV time at this point, point moment in time. Cause this is the thing with, um, with, you know, the, the way the impact has run for many years now, for, for those who aren't aware, like there's big blocks of taping. So uh, that, that sort of cover them for TV for a, a few months. And as you say, like you got COVID, so you missed that loop, which put you off TV. You know, it wasn't a case of you, you had COVID for 10 days. You essentially had COVID for several months uh, in the, in sort of the timeline of impact wrestling in that sense. Um, did they keep in touch with you whilst you were, re- whilst you were recovering? Did they sort of keep in the loop and, did they pitch any plans for you or was it simply just a case of uh, we're full at the moment? Yeah. I mean, it was like, I, I told my parents, my parents would call me like, you know, what, what's going on with impact? Why, why aren't you, they have to have you're not being booked. And uh, I mean, I get, and I understand like it's a TV show, so they can't just be throwing me on the, like an indie show. You know what I mean? Everything, everything's got to fit the story. There's got to be reasons why I'm there and da, 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 da. Um, yeah, I had contact with them, but you know, it wasn't 
it wasn't uh, as much as I wanted to. You know, I would talk to, you know, my my boss um, or like town relations, I should say. Um, but it was just basically we don't we're trying, we're trying, we're trying, you know, but at this point in time, nothing's happening. And um, it just sucked, you know, in a word, it just sucked uh, because, you know, you this is what you you finally make it to to a level you're like yeah here we go and then something stupid happens and now it's just like towards the end it became uh, you know in the middle of the, of it all i understood I, and i understood but towards the end it did become frustrating because now like you know now you know i just felt like um i felt like they didn't want me you know, if that, I mean, and I'm not saying they did or didn't, but that's how it felt. Were they, were they open to you pitching ideas for stuff? Yeah. 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 I would call and I would pitch stuff and, you know, um, it would seem like they were on board, but you know, just the nature of television, you know, sometimes things just go in a different direction. What were some of the things that you, that you pitched that you were quite excited about? Um, came to fruition one one idea i pitched was like for me and larry d to come back as like hitmen for hire because we kind of left we left we left not in a storyline um we weren't in any kind of weren't really in my opinion we weren't really seeing his heels or faces like we were just kind of in the middle um so they like, what if we come back as baby faces, you know, because they, you know, one of the things they said was we got too many bad guys on the show. Okay, so why can't we come back as good guys? We hit men for hire. We'll be like, um, like APA type type guys, you know, we, and we could do like, we could do like skits similar, you know, not copying, but like similar to like, we'll have like our own little area because they were, they were, the thing with Impact, they were good with stuff like that. Like they did um, Swingers Palace with so the casino stuff, you know, mm. and that was cool. Um, so I wanted to do something like that. It could be our own little thing. Um, you know, and that could have been cool. We could be, you know, people would hire us, hire the big man to take care of the dirty work, you know? So I thought that was kind of cool. I like that. I like, I do. And and they just, but they didn't go, obviously they didn't go for it because we didn't, we didn't <laughs> see it pan out. Um, can you uh, remember, obviously you, your time's ticking on and you can, you can feel yourself going, this is just wasting time. We're just hanging around waiting for an opportunity that might not come along. Can you remember the moment where you decided, right, I'm going to, I'm going to make a call. I'm going to say that, that I want out. Yeah. Uh, I, it's not, I don't think it's talking shit because I'm just telling the truth of what happened, you know, whatever you like, want to say, whatever you want to feel comfortable saying, sir. it's all good. Yeah. I just, for, for, the, for the listeners, I'm, I don't want us to be like very impact because like I, I'm very thankful for the opportunity that I was afforded because, you know, I'm just some guy from Maine that could very well got stuck in the, in the main indie systems. And, and back when I was, you know, Maine, Maine wrestling has grown exponentially since then. Um, but I could have been just a once a month wrestler, you know? So I just want people to know that I'm not talking shit or trying to bury impact, but, the, the camp, the last straw was we were booked. We were going to be booked in August and then we were pulled off the week of. And I was like, you know, and, and, um, you know, I'll be honest, like impact was a big chunk of my, my income. 
So I, if I, and I was, uh, my, my deal was I, if I wasn't there, I wasn't getting paid. So I was paid per appearance. So, you know, <laughs> I was just like, I was counting on that loop to help, help me financially. And um, they pulled this, oh, I was ready to go. It was like the week of, we were leaving like on a Friday and it was like a Monday and just hey, bad news. Um, the creative has gone in a different direction and you guys went on the show, you guys went on the loop this, this, this month. And I was, that, that was, and that's when the frustration really built. It's like, you know, what the hell? Like what? And I would call him and I would say, what well, can we do something better? What can we do to, to come back? You know? Um, and that's, that's when I was like, you know what, this now I feel like this is how I felt. I'm not saying that's what they were doing. I just felt like we're getting dicked around um, for lack of a better phrase. And then we weren't booked in the next loop. And I was like, all right, that's, that's it. I gotta, you know, I've been, I, I think I've been patient enough. You know, I've been patient enough. Poor Larry D didn't even, he was never sick. So that's the other thing too. I feel bad for Larry. He's been off TV all this time because I got sick. So, you know, and he's got a family, he's got kids, he's got a wife, you know? And I was like, you know what? This is stupid. Like I can't speak for Larry, but I can speak for myself and, I know what I can bring to the table, you know, if given the opportunity. Um, so I think it's, there's no hard feelings, but if you don't want me there, um, or you don't, or you don't have room for me or there's nothing you see for me to do on the show, then let's just, you know, let's just split ways at this point. How did they take the news when you, when you said that to them, were they shocked? Um, I, I don't know. Cause towards the end, I didn't have much contact with them, but, um, and I'll say it like the, I, my, my point of contact most of the time was with Dilo um, and he was sad and he, um, and he would ask me repeatedly, you sure that's what you want to do? Are you sure? Are you sure? And I'm like, Dilo, I, I don't want to leave, but if I have to leave, then if I'm not going to be used, I have to leave because I have my, my own things. I need, I, I need to worry about, you know, my financial situation. I need, I need to worry about my career, you know, I just can't, I just can't sit here for, for half a, for more, for better part of a year and not do anything and be locked down. Um, so though D'Lo expressed to me that he was sad, he also said, um, when he called me and he told me they were going to grant me my release, he said, all right, go out and kill it, kid. I, I believe in you, go out and kill it. So. Uh, Maybe yeah. D'Lo knew as well that there was that there was opportunities being lost here for you not being around. Yeah. And that's a hard job to have too, because he's just middleman. You know what I mean? He gets to eat all the shit from the talent, you know, and have to juggle all these personalities and try to make everybody happy and, and just pass on the word from the top. And cause there was been times where I called him and I was very frustrated and I'm like, you know, what the hell is going on? Um, but yeah, you know, that was, he just said, go out and kill it. I believe in you. I mean, this is your time now. You, you, you got what you wanted. So go out, go out there and show them what, they, what they're missing. That's it. It's you in the world now. What, what is, um, obviously, Sammy Callahan's still a part of, of that system. Like, and he was somebody that took you under your wing, took you under his wing for a long time. Was, was, how did he react to you leaving? Um, he was like, I think he was just sad about the whole thing. He wasn't like mad, but he, I just told him and I felt bad too, because, you know, he was somebody that helped, you know, 
open that door. Um, and it's, I had to just be honest. Like I, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm not making any money here. Um, and I need to, I think me just being under contract and not being booked and not making money is hurting me, my financial situation, but also hurting my career. And I think he understood that. Yeah. And, 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 and you're now a free man and you're, you're hitting the road. And I want to talk about that in a little bit, but we want to shift the gears. Something a little bit jollier. I like to spring this on people. I see, and I think you're going to do well at this. Uh, it's nothing bad. I promise. Um, as well as taking three wrestling matches, you're also allowed to take with you to the island uh, a movie, an album, and a luxury item. Like a luxury item can be something with some sentimental value, maybe a bit of tech to keep you amused while you're there, but we'll get to that at the end. But if I was to say to you, AC, that you could take a movie with you, what movie would you take? Oh, all right. Um, movie. I would take... If I had to pick one, just because I like the story so much, I would take the movie Braveheart. Oh, nice. Everyone's favorite Scotsman. Yeah. <laughs> he, is, he is so Scottish. Like, there's, there's statues of him here in the UK. It's, uh, it's a proud moment for us. It's a great, no, it's a great, it's a great film. It is a brilliant film. The really yeah. gore, really, like, it's a, it's a bit at the end. I always remembered being quite gory. But then when yeah. I watched it recently, I went, actually, you don't see anything. You don't see the, the scene at the end. I don't want to do spoilers in case no one's seen it. You don't see anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I like anything with a good story. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that'd probably be fun. How about an album? What album would you take? Ooh, I would get the live version, um, recorded live, the Fleetwood Mac, The Dance. Oh, beautiful. The, but that particular live version of Fleetwood Yeah, Mac, the live is good. It's really good. Like, from top to bottom. Have you seen them live? Never. I want to see them live. I want to, uh, before it's too late, you know, so I know they're all, you know, much older, but I would like to see them live. It'd be, it'd be awesome. Amazing. Uh, how about a luxury item, sir? What would that be? A luxury item. Um... Like I said, that quite British then. I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm very infatuated with the British culture. Uh, well, I would say like, well, so if I have a movie, I if I if I have a movie, I must have a television to watch on, eh? Yeah, you certainly do. Okay, so I would probably bring my PlayStation. This way, I could still play Fortnite with my friends. Good. <laughs> well, I'm Stranded on an island. Good. Ah, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. How'd you get? How you? How you getting on on Fortnite? Are you? Oh, uh, not bad. I'm, I'm, I'm decent. Decent. Mm. My friends would say otherwise, but. <laughs> <laughs> what other? What other games? I know you were playing Fall Guys on Twitch the other night. I know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just started doing Twitch. Um, I probably I'm like six streams in. Um, I'm trying to lock down a camera. I went to a couple stores to get a webcam. Um, but the particular one I need, I have to order it from Sony directly. So, um, well, do you have an iPhone? Is, is that an iPhone that you're using? Do you know? Yeah, right now I'm using an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you, there's a little app you can get and I'll send you the link to it. It's called Epoch Cam because I'm talking to you through my iPhone now. So you can set up your iPhone to work as a webcam. Interesting. Okay. That's cool. I will send you the link when we're done, sir. Yeah. Please do that. Yeah. Um, as far as games go, uh, 
Fortnite is probably the top one that I play, and then I'll play Fall Guys. If I feel like wanting to, you know, get some anger out, I'll play that game. Uh, but yeah, this is probably my top two. I the thing is, I only ever bought a PlayStation to to play Fortnite. Um, and I started I started playing uh, video games when I moved into Sammy's house because Sammy and Jess are big gamers. So. Um, yeah, get yeah, you gotta get a PlayStation so you can play Fortnite with us. Come on, man. So I would that's that's how that's how I got started. So Fortnite's my top one, and I'll play some Fall Guys here and there. Uh just to pull on the thread very quickly, uh, you mentioned uh you're infatuated with the British culture. Uh yeah. what what is it what is it you love? Is there particular things that you love about the British culture? Well, um I I just like so I used to, so there's a show on Netflix called Black Mirror. Oh yes, yes. It's a lot of the, brilliant. a lot of a lot of the episodes are, are it seems like they are in some the British British culture. A lot of British people on there, and um, so I don't know. I, I just I never been there, uh, so I would like to go. Ah, uh, oh, well, now you can. Now you now so you're I, I like free agent. I like the, yeah, I know. I like I like the, the just the people the way they talk and like like it's just um. um the not something the scenery, but it's, it'd be different. I to go there. I, I feel like I don't know. It'd be a cool experience. Um, just from the, the things I've seen on on the television of the British culture, um, I think it'd be cool to go. Well, there we go. Uh, UK promoters listening. We're back open now. There's no excuse. Not to get AC yep. Romero over here. Let's do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll call some people. We'll make that a thing. Um, cool. And, uh, but but more importantly, uh, you're, you're back on the indie circuit across America. How are you finding? So I know it's still very early days since since you were you were let go. You only sort of put out the call last week for anybody want to have a chat. Uh, but how are you feeling about it? Just a, like a few weeks removed now that you're you're a free agent once again. How's the future looking? Uh, it just feels good because there's no more um, stress on my shoulders. Um, because now that the problems I was having with not being booked and being kind of locked down is gone. So that I feel, I just kind of feel a little more free. Uh, and I, I don't want to sound like it was a prison there because it wasn't a prison by any means. I loved the locker room. I loved, I loved all the agents. I loved everyone in, in the office. Um, but I just feel free now. Now I don't have to work around anyone's particular schedule. I can make my own schedule. Um, I can do things like this now, which is cool. I don't have to ask anyone's approval. Uh, so that's cool. Um, I just like the fact that, because people, I think people forget, and I know I did, uh, once you sign a contract, you, you're playing in their sandbox now. Like, you got to do what they say by their rules. Um, and so now it's, it just feels good to be free, free to do what I want to do when I want to do it. You're in charge of your own destiny now, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, so this is going out on Wednesday, the 20th of October. So just a, we only, you know, if you're listening to this, we only chatted a couple of days before. Um, what have we got any dates in the diary stuff that we want to shout about? Where can we see AC Romero in October and November? October. Um, I got a few more shows. I'm going to be uh, this weekend. I'm at Limitless Wrestling. Um, and then the following weekend, I will be at Chaotic Wrestling and um uh buffalo new york again so i have those um in october uh i have something really cool that i can't talk about right now that's gonna pop up soon oh, so okay. look out for that yeah it's pretty it's pretty 
excuse me, it's pretty huge. Um, so I'll look forward to, to that when that announcement drops. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be being in a lot of places. So keep your eyes open. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. We've got your third and final match that we've got to get to. We didn't quite nail it down what it was going to be. So now's a good time to do it. Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle was one of your suggestions. Hogan yep. versus The Rock from WrestleMania 18 was the other one. How are we feeling? Yep. How are we feeling? Huh. The Hogan what? Rock's definitive. Like, like that's the, the main event that never made evented, that should have made evented. Um, right. And all about the crowd, just a, a moment in time. And then almost the opposite, you've got Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, which is a technical masterclass with two of the most charismatic wrestlers in history. Yeah. Uh, so if I had to pick, if I have to pick just one, I'm going to go with... Kurt and Sean. Hey, there we go. What tipped the balance out of interest? Just because the, though they both had a lot of great emotion, um, the wrestling was not, not, not better, but it was more, like you said, technical and um, especially towards the end, just like, the way they put together at the end of the match with the false finishes and stuff like it, it's, it's, it's actually, I feel like a match people forget about. Um, so if you haven't watched that in a while, go back and watch that because it's just filled with, with raw emotion and, and um, yeah, it's It's a fun watch. And if people want to keep an eye on what you're doing, where can people find you online, sir? Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at the AC Romero. Um, I just started Twitch, so you can um, find me on there. It's twitch.tv backslash AC the wrestler. Um, Have you got a schedule yet on Twitch? Or are you still figuring out times and stuff? So I'm still figuring out because there's like a lot of qualifications you got to do to like become affiliate. Um, so I still have to knock off a few things off that list, which I'm almost done. I so. think, yeah, you've got to work. You've got to switch stream at random times throughout the day and throughout the week on different days. And yeah, things. you have to have like eight hours of Twitch streaming. You have to Twitch on like seven different days. You have to have at least 50 followers. I'm, I Last I checked, I have like 80, I think, um, which is pretty cool. I've only done it five times now. So. Oh, we've lost you. Oh, no. Hey, oh, you're back. You're back. You're back. It's fine. Hey, yeah. Right near the end. We nearly lost you. So, but but we, but if people follow you on Twitter, I'm presumably whenever you're going to be doing stuff on Twitch, you can let us know there. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to continue knocking off those things. And then um, once I become the uh, Twitch affiliate, um, then I will have probably more of a regular streaming thing. So uh, streaming, streaming schedule. So look out for that. You can fight him on Fortnite all you like. That's the yeah. plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been so ace to chat to you, AC. Like, I like just a, a weird turning point in your life. I'm. I know you put out the message saying anybody want to have a have a chat. I'm genuinely delighted that that you reached back after I'd reached you. As so this has been so much fun to chat, mate. I really, really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Here's one thing to end on. Here's one thing to end on. Let's go back in time. AC Romero is stood outside the doors of NXT. He's wearing his flip-flops and his swimming trunks. And he can't quite bring himself to go in, but you have the possibility to go back in time and say one thing to that version of AC Romero. What would you like to say to him? 
Uh, I would like to say you, knowing what I know now, you have everything that it takes to, to be a player in this business and, you know, leave the, uh, leave all the insecurities at the door because um, it's going to be a fun ride and it's been a fun, fun ride thus far. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic Wrestling News.